Let's just pray for John. All right, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity to come and continue in hearing your word. And may you just uh, really stir John's heart to bring those things that you've laid upon it, uh, that we might have ears to hear everything you want to speak to us this morning. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Good to see you. And uh, it's good, it's good to, to have the encouragement of hearing the Word of God shared amongst the congregation. Um, Guy, do you remember what you said? Can you just say it again? It was a short one, so you should... I've, I think I've written it down. Do you remember it? Be who you are. Be, be who you are able to be or made to be. Created to be. Amen. Thank you, guys. Sorry to put you on the spot. Um, my, my subject this morning is entitled Strong Encouragement, and, um, and that's from the Scripture. And I've been uh, uh, encouraged this morning because, really, um, there's been a lot of encouragement uh, to trust God. Um, maybe turn to the person next to you, just acquaint yourself with them, and tell them, that, um, or the person behind you, if you're sitting on your own, tell them, God will never let you go. Yeah? Okay? All right, Dave? God will never let you go. Um, I was encouraged by what, um, what Ruby said. She said this. She said, every promise he gives you, he keeps. Amen? Amen? And, uh, and it's this I want to talk about. I want to talk about the promise, uh, the promises of God, and it's in Hebrews chapter 6, 11 to 20. And this is the context in which I believe God wants to speak into this morning. Um, and, it, and, and this is it. I was going to do this at the end, but I've moved it to the beginning. Have you done it, Dave? Yeah? Okay. It's this. There are too many Gideons hiding in a cave. Okay. Um, if you don't know the story of Gideon, Gideon was a, a, a man in Israel who were uh, under the oppression of uh, another nation, they, and uh, this nation would come along just, just like locusts, just take everything away. So this guy, Midian, who was the, uh, in the smallest tribe, the youngest of his family, was hiding, probably not a cave, um, but it was in a, um, a wine press, fresh in wheat, so that it wouldn't be stolen. And, uh, and God comes along, and he says to uh, this guy Gideon, he says, he says, oh, mighty man of valor, God is with you. And Gideon says, what? Uh, <laughs> you know, where is God? I mean, have you seen my situation? And God calls him out and he says to him, you know, he's not looking at him. He says this, be who God made us to be. Amen. Now, I did that this morning for the meeting. I didn't phone Guy and said, Guy, give us a little bit of help. This is the Word of God, to be who God has created us to be. Because there are too many Gideons hiding in a cave. We're not living out who we are. We're not living in all that God has created us to be. And, uh, and so I want to show you how this is so firmly rooted in the Scriptures and not in my mind or not in the enthusiasm of wanting to have a positive mindset. Okay? Amen? Isn't this wonderful? If you've got um, your Bible, you can turn to it. I will be putting some of the verses um, on the screen. And maybe we can start with this. This is uh, Hebrews chapter 6. If you would like to turn to uh, verse 11. I'm going to have to start wearing my glasses soon. <laughs> I realized that last week. Um, usually I have it in my notes, but when it's in the Bible, I'm realizing that actually that isn't even necessarily helping. 
Um, but let's, let's take a look at some of these. And, I've, and what I want you to do, I want you to um, try not to skim over the words. So I've emboldened some of these words because I've spent two weeks just contemplation. <laughs> if you read the newsletter, contemplating, it's a new word, uh, contemplating these words and reflecting on them and, and just almost like you've got to give the word time. And as you give the word time, you sink into it deeper and deeper and it sinks into you. And you start to realize and you think, hold on a minute, there's desire there. There's strong encouragement. There's God getting us by the scruff of the neck, trying to wake us up and things like this. So it's, that's why I've emboldened it. So let's read it in verse 11. Now this is the, uh, the preacher speaking of who wrote Hebrews. We don't know what his name is, who he is, but he's a preacher. And he says, And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope unto the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, the context of Hebrews is it was a letter written to Jewish Christians who were particularly coming under certain oppression. They weren't being killed for it, but they were certainly maybe losing their jobs because of it, or people were um, uh, just giving them hassle and difficulty. To be honest, we are more in, in line with that level in this country than, um, than we actually realize. Um, so, and in the whole book, what he's doing, he's making a case, he's saying, do not go back to the law, don't go back to the Jewish faith, press on, because, and then he explains what Jesus has done for us. He's saying, if you go back to the law, you move out of salvation. Salvation is in Jesus. And so there's this, don't go back, press on. Don't go back, press on. And so this is the context. And this is what he's saying to them. Uh, he's saying, listen, Push on, because if you're not moving forward, you're going backwards. If you're not moving forward, here's a, a, a oh, here you go. Keep on moving. Don't stop. Anyone know that song? Yes, in some of you 90s. Uh, keep on moving. Do you know what that is? Can you see that? When you go to the airport and you go on that, you know, can you imagine if you did the wrong way? So you could probably walk and get where you're going, but as soon as you stop, you move backwards, don't you? That is the Christian walk. Doesn't it say, walk in the Spirit, walk in love, walk in the light? Now, it does say stand, but it says stand against the enemy. But the motion of the Christian life is movement. And as soon as we stop, and this is what he's saying to them, you know, keep moving forward, keep hoping for the destination, for the for the, the, uh, the word of God, the promises of God to be fulfilled, keep moving forward. As soon as you stop, and this is what happens when we get lazy or sluggish, we get lazy, we stop, we start to get kind of, oh, and then we're moving backwards. I wish I could do that like Michael Jackson. <laughs> keep on moving. He says this, imitate people who are moving forward. Now, are you feeling sluggish? Here's another word, lazy. You've been lazy. When was the last time you had 
been disciplined in getting up, I don't know whether you do it in the evening or in the morning, to spend time with God? Have you been, when was the last time you just took out the scriptures and just meditated on a verse or read a chapter? When was the last time that you actually got to church on time? 10 o'clock we start? No, just fine. Uh, no, we do. But have you stopped praying? Have you stopped worshipping in the week? Is this the only opportunity where you come to worship God? Have you got lazy? Have you got apathetic? Are you starting to kind of like struggle? Almost like you're walking in thick mud? And often it's because we stop believing. We stop trusting. As he says here, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Who do we know who has, who has faith to keep going? I'm still going to believe this. I'm going to trust. So when Ruby shares, you know, says, I, I don't have to worry because God is with me. That's a, a mindset that is not sluggish, but a mindset that says, I live in trust. And it's, a, it's wonderful. And so he's coming across, the, he's coming to his people saying, listen, I want to challenge your mindset and uh, be imitators of those who through faith and, and this is what I think we need to think about this morning. Do you know what God has done for you? And who you are, who I am in Christ. Do you know the promises of God toward us? Are you living in the knowledge and blessing of his promises? Because when you get sluggish, you stop thinking about that. When you start thinking or, or stop thinking about the wonder of God's provision, I'm so glad to be alive. I'm so glad to know Jesus. I'm, I'm so, I just, you know, enjoyed that, what Jim was sharing. It was just so lovely. I went into a situation. It wasn't a church meeting and I felt the presence of the Lord. I felt the joy of the Lord in my belly about what I was seeing. That's someone who's not sluggish. That's someone who's aware and so when we get lazy, sometimes we stop thinking about this. Now let's go into this next passage. For when God made a promise to Abraham, and so he's using Abraham as one of these guys to imitate, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. I swear, there's another song there that comes to my mind, isn't it, anyone? I swear by the, Let me, let's just digress a little bit, listen to this, listen to the heart of God in this, Jeremiah 32, I think it is, this is another um, uh, passage I discovered uh, last week, um, Joe, you're going to love this. Um, Mark, you're going to love this as well. Thus, this is uh, Jeremiah 31, 35. I'm just, I'm just going off on a little tangent. Um, I can feel your saying to me, come on, John, go for it. Amen. Amen. Thus says the Lord who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from before me, declares the Lord, then shall the offspring of Israel cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says the Lord, if the heavens above can be measured 
and the foundations of the earth below can be explored. Then I will cast off the offspring of Israel for all that they have done, declares the Lord. In other words, listen, when the sky disappears and when the, the stars fall or when the, when the sea suddenly stops doing what it's told, then you can be worried about me leaving you. And I claim that, that's mine, that's ours. We inherit all that the Israelites have inherited through the Scriptures, yeah? Have you ever thought, where is God? I tell you, have the stars fallen out of the sky? No, John. Has the sun stopped from rising? No, John. Well, what are you thinking about? <laughs> yeah, oh, we just don't see it, but it does. I mean, I just thought that was lovely. But I swear, I, I, I listened to a sermon, uh, I think it was John Piper, and he, he was talking in, in this passage as I was studying it. And he said, I want to rename this to when God swears. It's only certain swearing that I like, and it's this kind. I, he swore by himself. Now, in these days, you know, um, I want, you know, uh, I'm just jumping ahead. This is exciting. Um, he swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. Now, that was to Abraham. Now, what you might be thinking, okay, well, that's for Abraham, but is that for me? Yes, it's for you, because a little bit later on, he changes his pointing finger to, not to Abraham, to the heirs of the promise. That's me. We inherit from Abraham all that he had. So when he says, Abraham, put your name there. And so he, he made a promise to, uh, to Dan Osgood, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, surely, Dan, I will bless you and multiply you. Yeah? Claim it, Dan. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, and thus, Dan, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Put your name there. Say to the person next to you, put your name there. I love the enthusiasm that I see. <laughs> So we need to listen to this language. Listen to this language. He swore by himself. We'll talk about it in a, in a minute. Um, where, where's, where's next? For people swear, for people swear by something greater than themselves and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So God has sworn that he will do something. He has made an oath. He's made a promise and an oath. I promise to you, I will surely bless you, Daniel, and I will multiply you. Now, he's talking not necessarily children in that sense, um, but in fruitfulness, in blessing, that the blessing that he pours on Daniel, that he pours on you, will be multiplied outwards to others. That's what I believe that that's one way of looking at it amongst many others. Um, and, and look at this. So he, people swear by something greater than themselves. When, particularly in that day, someone would say, let's, let's make this agreement, Dave. Okay, are you going to do this? Well, I don't know. I don't know what you're like. Listen, I swear that I will do what I say I will do. I, will, I swear, and, and in the Bible it says, you don't swear and use, use God. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. But in this case, God wants to make something very plain to us. Now, as human beings, we might say, well, I don't really know whether Dave's going to be able to do that. I don't know whether his heart's really in it. So he says to me, I swear, and often it's something very precious, something great, I swear on my life, I swear on my mother's, no, I swear on, 
<laughs> on, I uh, can't use that one, Dave. Um, we use things and we say, because if I don't carry through what I do, then the trouble will come upon that. Or that, which I'm swearing by, will pour trouble on me. I swear by God that if I don't do that, then God will punish me. So there's that kind of mindset, this idea of oathing. But God, he is the greatest. There's no one else, so he swore by himself. Now, why does God have to swear? Why does God have to promise? Why does God have to say, I promise you, I swear an oath that I will bless you? Why is he doing that? I think it's because he's, he's saying, look, I want to encourage you, um, Drew, I want to encourage you, Drew, um, the Lord bless you. Okay, I think he's doing this. Drew, I'm going to bless you. <laughs> Did you get that? Amen. <laughs> uh, sorry, Drew, sorry. It's uh, um, blown someone's computer up. Uh, <laughs> but this, I could, only, I could only come to that conclusion. Why on earth is God promising me anything? He's God. Now, I can understand Dave promising me because mm, I've known him since he was a child, as he has known me. Um, but, <laughs> but God, swear by saying, and in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when someone says, I swear it, and Dave says, okay, deal done. That is it. You sworn, that is the final confirmation. That is the end of the argument. There is nothing else to discuss I've made that decision, I've agreed, We've, I swear it on my mother's life. <laughs> we don't use that kind of thing, do we? Um, but I will bless you. It's a done deal. God has sworn it. So you say, it's good, isn't it, just to think. What does that mean? Final for confirmation, when you read that in Hebrews, and, and I've, read, I've been reading Hebrews a lot, and it was only last week after probably months of reading it, I suddenly stopped and thought, hold on a minute, what does this passage mean? So when God desired... Think about that for a minute. Did you realize that desire, when, what do you think about when you hear desire? It's something that flows out of my desire. God desired to show something to us. And look at this, more convincing. Drew. <laughs> Did you guess it, Drew? Why is there no one sitting on the front row? <laughs> um, this desire of God, I want to show more convincingly. Hold on a minute. Anyone just, let's just think, what has Jesus done for us on the cross? When he poured out his life for us, nailed on the cross, not for his own sin, but for my sin, for your sin. And he poured out his life. Literal blood flowed from him like love poured out for us that cleanses us from all sin, that we may now come into this wonderful relationship with God. And then he says, look, I want you to show you more convincingly that I'm a, I'm a God of promise and I swear an oath to you. I will surely bless you and I will multiply you. In this, am I the only one excited by this? I think I'm preaching a lot better than uh, I'm. 
show it's like if I feel like it's like can you hear me on this I want to get this message this is God saying as I was reading this but it goes on to the heirs of the promise that's us okay could bolden that but then it'd all be bold in here um, the unchangeable character of his purpose now I had to stop and think about that the unchangeable so God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose. This is where you need to sort of study these things. I think, hold it, because you could, not the unchangeable character of his person. God is unchangeable. Not the unchangeable character of his love, but of his purpose. What is his purpose? See, when God created the world, some might think it all went wrong. Adam sinned, he ate of the fruit, the tree of knowledge and evil. Sin came in, God cast them out. The curse came on to creation. Man had to work his way. Man eventually died. Disease and all sorts came in. Satan had his way in the world and all sorts of trouble has come and, um, and we are where we're at. And it's almost like God had to rethink, go plan B. So, oh, crumbs, it's all gone wrong. What are we going to do? I tell you what, Jesus, you're going to have to go and you're going to have to take away the sin of the world. Okay, well, that must be the only way that we could do it, as if some sort of plan B had to come in. But the Bible doesn't teach that. It says before the foundation of the earth that Jesus died. That's me paraphrasing. So before the foundation of the earth, God knew the purpose in which he was creating the world. He was creating the world in order to display his glory via the cross. That's the purpose. The unchangeable character of his purpose is to have a people for himself. Is to look at John Watson and say, here's a man I want for myself. From the very beginning of time was the unchangeable character of his, of his purpose. Character in the sense, the, the outworking of his passions, his hearts, to design a world and a... Um, Oh, Lord, help me. Help me. <laughs> um, a, a means by which he might show and display his love to us in order that we may come into his purposes and be used for his purposes. Oh, that's a lot of words. I can't say that again, darling, sorry. Philippians says this. Work out your salvation, for it is God who works in you. And so when we think about the blessing of God and the wonder and the salvation and the love and the devotion and the Father heart and all the wonders of God is poured in me, is poured in you for his purpose. Because I think if there wasn't the word purpose there, if the word love was there, we could get all lovey-dovey about me. There's a blessing for you, Dan, for God's purposes through you to the world. Amen? That's everyone here. That's the wonderful thing. We come into the purpose of God. And he goes on, look at this. He guaranteed it. Amen, let's go home. He guaranteed it with an oath. Oh, shall I go back to my notes? He guaranteed it with an oath, I swear. So that, we've by two unchangeable things, the promise and the oath. Unchangeable, guaranteed. As Ruby preached it this morning, if he's promised it, he will do it. Unchangeable, 
We'll not go back on it. Now, I think, some, I think sometimes we, uh, well, let's carry on, in which it is impossible for God. I'm, I'm pausing after these things because these are worth, these are quite emotive, very strong words, aren't they? And they're all packed in a couple of, you know, passages. So easily overlooked. It is impossible for God to lie. Here's another thought. Isn't it interesting, as we heard from, I mean, Joe said this, she said, God's broken heart that God can break. I know we're talking, you know, God is God, he's not human, but Jesus became human, fully human, fully God, but that God could have a broken heart. There's another interesting thing. It is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge, Have you fled for refuge to the Lord? Have you come to the conclusion in your life, I need God. I tell you something, I need God. I'm not ashamed to be a man in this world who needs God. If someone came along and says, the problem with you Christians is you need the Christianity because you're needy. Yes, amen. It doesn't mean I'm needy in other ways. I might be, but I, I tell you what, I need God. I tell you, if, if you, if there's something in you that realizes, you know what, I've tried it myself, I've even tried works myself, I've tried to, to be something myself, and I realize if I can just flee to the law for refuge, if I could just, I don't understand it all, I don't know how it all works, I have never read the whole Bible, I don't know whether I'm doing things right, but I tell you something, I know this, I need God, I need refuge from this world, from this life, from myself, from sin, from Satan, from other people. And, I, and so we are people that are fled for refuge. And let me tell you something, do you want to know if there's any qualification for the promises of God in this passage? That's it. Isn't that wonderful? Have you fled for God? You know, I know that in, you know, we, we're all learning and growing and one of the first things that the Lord does is he brings us to a place where we realise we need him. And that's a good thing. Do you know what? I think that there are some that struggle with what I'm saying this morning because I'm essentially, where I'm going with this, I'm, I'm saying, come on, you need to receive the blessing, live in the blessing, you know, walk in the blessing, just ask God for the blessing. And it's like, yeah, but it's all about Jesus though. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Amen. But I think sometimes we have a, and we need to beware false humility. I love this quote. I didn't make it up, but it's great. Humility is not thinking less of yourselves, but thinking of yourselves less. It's not always thinking about you. And I tell you something, when we are always thinking about how we need to live for God and how I mustn't be, you know, I can't be too happy at church because I need to be pious and all this. I know that's none of us here. Um, but this whole sense of, do you know what? Uh, I just, um, I flee to the law for refuge and I'm just going to lap up everything he's got for me because Jesus died on the cross for me that I may receive that. If Jesus died for me, that I may receive every blessing, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, whatever it may be. I want it. I'll tell you why I want it, because he died for it. But this is it. Let's bring it back to this one. This is where it make you feel a bit better. For the unchangeable, the unchangeable character of his purpose, every blessing he pours out, we turn back to praise. 
Every blessing he pours to you, as we heard from Mark, with the uh, blessed are those who mourn, for he, sh- um, for they shall be comforted. Um, that wasn't the verse I was thinking, but what I was thinking was this: was this, with the comfort you have been given, comfort others with the comfort you. You know the verse, don't you? No? He gives us blessing in it that we may pour it out. Daniel mentioned this verse. I don't know what the context was, Daniel, but from James, this is chapter four, verses two and three. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. The problem is we stop at that uh, that first, or we remember the first thing. You do not ask. You don't have because you do not ask. And for something, there's a deception in our mind that says it is wrong for me to ask of God things. But the Lord wants to pour out upon us. He wants to equip us and to pour into us. He wants to use us. He wants us to live as his children, to stand as Gideon warriors. But we're hiding in our caves, realizing this is our lot. And who am I to ask God to bring me out? Who am I to ask God to bring me out of this? But he says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Amen. That's why you don't receive things, because it's all about you. But if you might say, Lord, I'll make me a conduit of your blessing. Don't make me a reservoir, make me a river. And the motivation for receiving that blessing, or at least two motivations are, because he paid the price and therefore we must enter it. We must receive it. The thought that I, you know, just as a parent, that I would go to such lengths to create something for my children and there would be no desire to receive it. Or even worse, that they would, wouldn't believe that I want to give it to them. I said, you know what that cost me? <laughs> and the second one is this, that we may spend it on his glory and for his purposes. He guaranteed it with an oath. And, and this, is, this is where it gets great. By two unchangeable things, the impossible of God, those who fled for refuge might have strong encouragement. Drew? <laughs> strong, not just encouragement, strong encouragement. And these great words. We could just read them again and again. Keep going. God has promised it. He has sworn it. That is final. It is unchangeable. He's guaranteed it. It's impossible for him to lie. There is strong encouragement. Say to the person next to you, strong encouragement. (laughs) And if that was not enough, there's more. There's more. There's more. Strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. And and so let's picture this, okay? Um, Shall I pick on someone? Maybe, no. Wrapped around your waist is a rope, okay? And you follow that rope and it just goes, doesn't go to anyone here. It doesn't go to the government. It doesn't go to your, your bank. It goes up out the door and it just goes up into the heavens. It goes out into space. I don't know where it goes. It enters into, however that works, the spiritual realm. It enters up through maybe a cloud, I don't know, and a half, no. 
Um, and it goes through and it enters into the temple. And it comes now, the temple, it comes to, through the gate into the courts. It winds itself around the altar of sacrifice. It goes into the holy place, through, past the candles. And then it, in, in front of it sees a curtain torn in two. And it goes in there and at the end is an anchor. And it's wrapped around the waist of Jesus who's on his knees interceding for you and I. Can you picture it? It says this, and just show this is in the Bible. It says this about Jesus. It says, the Lord has sworn. He's sworn, he sworn again. And will not change his mind to Jesus. You are a priest forever. And it says this. Um, be, um, he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Intercession is prayer. There's an anchor, anchored on Christ, wrapped around him like a rope. And that's on me, and that's on you. So we got strong encouragement. And so, so let's go back to the beginning. He says, listen, we desire each one of you to have that same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end. Keep going, press on. Do you get a picture of the encouragement of God? This is what we have. This is who you are. Get out of your caves. He's saying, do you know who you are in God? And this he's trying to wake us up, you know. I use the scruff of the neck. And if you know the story of Gideon, you will, you will know Gideon went on to lead an army and, and God gathered 32,000, I think it was, peop, um, soldiers around him. And he probably thought, yes, you know, you know, here we go. And then God says, right, too many. And then he went down to 300 men against thousands probably about 100,000 people in Midianite, and God won the battle. The fact of the matter is, everyone sitting in these seats is a Gideon. The question is, are you in a cave? Do you need to get out of your cave? Do you need to know who you are? It's not who I say you are. It's who God says you are. He's promised it. He's sworn it. It's final. Now, if you're feeling sluggish this morning... Maybe you need to just stand up and just receive and accept who you are in God and start walking. And you, Daniel was encouraged this morning, you know, sometimes you've got to put your body in the right place. You've got to do things. So I want to pray. We're going to sing a song, and it's that song, I am who you say I am. Yeah, I am not forsaken. I am a child of God. And there are a bunch of other words. <laughs> And maybe here's the thing, Jenna, maybe if the worship team want to come up, maybe we sing, I am who you say I am because we need to declare it. And then we, turn, then we sing it for the benefit of others and say, you are who God says you are. Yeah? And then maybe we can sing it, we are who we say we are. Amen? Shall we? I was, I was um, encouraged by listening to someone uh, speaking, someone else speaking, um, who, when you're listening, you think, man, that's the same heart as me. I, I wonder whether God's stirring up the church to be Gideons, but not in their caves. Shall we stand together? I'm going to pray. And then uh, we'll sing. So is that okay, Jenna? So I am, you are, we are. And then we...
Um, so declare it, receive it. Don't be deceived to think that you can't say things like that. That's the deception of the enemy, to say that you can't say that you're our son of God. Amen, let's pray. Father, we pray, Lord, that you will do the work of the Spirit in our hearts in order that we may have the revelation to see who we are in God. Lord, we are not saying it to puff ourselves up. We're not saying it in any way, Lord, that we are better or purer or uh, more refined or whatever it is that we're saying it because you have spoken that to us. And I pray, Lord, for a great releasing in us as a church this morning where we will be released in our minds, Lord, that we would step out of our caves and start taking steps, Lord, in that place that you have brought us into. Lord, you've made us to be people of God this morning. Lord, warriors of God or uh, adventurers in God, confident people of God. Lord, and I pray, Lord, that you will do that work in our hearts. Make this, this word come alive to us in Jesus' name. Amen.